Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rogerfer's podcast. Tonight in episode 46, we discuss Southern gentlemen of questionable values, bathroom shoes, and our, well, one of our favorite movies, Tiger Hill. Sounds definitely like there's some action happening in the uh, Rogerfer studio here. Oh no, I just woke up and I slept kind of weird. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I, I sat on my balls. That's that's natural. That's um, I don't know how to segue from that back into anything <laughs> useful. I hope you're okay. Do you need Do you need a second? I wonder if Superman ever did that. Oh, got a real tag terror, did you? <laughs> no, the, when you wear clothes that tight, those are tucked away nicely somewhere. They don't. They don't have to. They don't swing around where you can like sit on them. They do if you wear boxers. No, he did not wear boxers. He wore tights. That was the like the one thing he was known for wearing. You don't know what he wore around the house. No, that's fair. <laughs> okay. <Let's see. laughs> it's the fortress of solitude. He goes absolutely buck naked. You know it. The fortress <laughs> of nakedude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, every every Friday when he gets off work, <laughs> naked to the limit. That's it. It is for sure. Uh, wow. Okay. So, welcome back to the Rogerfish Podcast, everybody. Sorry. Sorry, we didn't see you there. We were wandering around our fortresses naked in boxes. I don't know. Yes, we we each of us has a fortress, and together they known they are known as the fortresses naked. Yep, that's it. It's like an old English phrase. Pardon me, sir. Could you tell me where the fortresses naked are? I'm touring the ancient castles and buildings of England and beautiful countries. Ah, yeah. It's known as the hills of Stravenwars, says Dale in Wish. You speak the king's English, sir. All right, then. Well, and another one. Oh boy, that's a. And then, oh, and here comes a woman. I mean, here comes a woman. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm also. Somebody started out Southern Bell there. Well, she you knows. Yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, where do you think they invented that kind of thing? It's obviously, traced back to our roots in rural England. That's where the river riffers come from. Um, but what if people who might be listening to the show don't know what the Rogue Riffers even are? We should maybe introduce ourselves and say hi and tell them what we do. So I'll, I'll say hi first. I'm Jack. And over there with the almost unbearable puns sometimes is Lad. Say hi, Lad. I'm Charles Kuralt. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Not the time for an impression, more maybe the time for a pun, but that's all right. I'll fix that in post. I'll change it to unbearable impressions and uh dave over there with the golden tones uh that's the golden throated dave that's him say hi dave how you doing okay all right that's, you just you guys couldn't do it for me huh? wait wait jack, jack jack introduce me one more time okay lad with the um almost sometimes unbearable puns and sometimes funny ones that's lad say hi lad only you can prevent forest fires son of a bitch okay <laughs> No, um, that works because you said unbearable. Oh, it does work. Okay, <laughs> that's my trouble. I don't get stuff. I, ain't I can't. I can't do a stuff. bear impression. You have to do. It has to be a famous bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not Smokey the Bear? I can hear him distinctly. No, that that. <laughs> Smokey, what's the matter? Did Did Timmy fall down a well, Smokey? <laughs> oh, you burnt your weenus <laughs> off in a forest fire. No, I cl- you know what? I got it wrong the first time. He sat on his bear balls. That was what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get up and walk it off. That's what happens when you leave him bare. Yep, that's that surely is. Uh, wow. Okay. You, you asked for this. Pun I you was asked for this. For. Yeah, I did. And every time I ask for something, I sincerely regret what I get. 
So, I mean, just with regard to the podcast, in my life in general, it's not quite that bad. Um, but yeah, so we uh, would you care to let them know what we do? What can they expect in the, during the next hour or so? Or? We watch movies and get in fights. Mm-hmm. I mean, we well, we make fun of them. Yeah, probably. Sometimes we well, love them. Sometimes we love the movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weirder the better. Uh, yeah. You well, got except your, for the really weird ones. Yeah. You got your Miami connections, your your all the Friday the 13th, except for that one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the one where he goes to space? Because I like that one, too. I don't even care. Uh, no, Jason goes to hell. I don't like that one. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a weird one. Um, and your Jim Cotta's. That's maybe the other side of the coin. Where, like, hey. I, don't, I don't like those movies. It's kind of like, you know, two out of three, but... Yeah, we made a good a good recording of it just because it was fun listening to you, bitch. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Let's let the audience know that that's something else that they are welcome to go and check out. We also do movie commentary tracks for every film that we have an episode on. You can find those on our website, rogerfers Did we buy the domain? It might just be rogerfers.wordpress.com and uh, go to the audio commentary track section. So they're all free. You can download them, enjoy them. And uh, that's separate from the actual episode. So what we're going to do is talk a little bit, and then we'll watch a movie, which becomes the audio commentary track, and then we'll talk a little bit more. And that's the podcast. So um, It's a sandwich. Talk a little, watch a little, talk a little, watch a little. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> talk a little more. <laughs> Those are the golden tones that I was talking about. Dave is our only musically inclined river. He's a singer. <laughs> Dave, favor us with a ditty. I'm so happy, happy and lucky. <laughs> I, I love Tiny Tim. If we're if we're talking about him, I love that guy. I mean, he rests in peace. Um, is it? Is yeah, it Jack is it, asked me to do it. Lad, favor us. I've asked you to rap so many times, Lad. No, say it like you said to Dave. <laughs> Lad, would you favor us with a ditty? Biggie, 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 can't you see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish I thought of that. I've been waiting for like six years to hear that. I, I was kind of expecting Dave to just go, a ditty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, if it's, and if I had said a little ditty the way I did with Dave, then. It, you would have needed to do it like a high pitch voice, like a ditty. Yeah, that one. Okay. My voice isn't that low to begin with. <laughs> it is not. Um, but uh, is there anything special about the movie that we're doing tonight? Because we are going to do a movie. Oh, you know how earlier they said we like them weird. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie because Boy. it harkens back to my youth of. Um, when the first time I watched Three Ninjas. Okay. Ah, yes. I, too, saw Three Ninjas. In, did you see it in the theater? Uh, no. I saw oh. it on the video tap. This has been two British guys reminiscing about when they first saw Three Ninjas. Of course, in Britain, it's called Thrice Ninjutsus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, there's, they probably have a more derogatory remark about the once colonized Asian lands and their inhabitants but i don't know what those are and i don't want to know but um that i dave i thought you were gonna say because i have a this movie is kind of hits close to home too for me because when i was young um like if 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 you were ever a 12 year old boy you probably took karate at some point and i did oh yeah martial arts for you yeah oh okay i thought because you had more just talked about how it reminded you of another movie you saw i took three taekwondo classes so you took Taekwondo. Essentially, yes. How come when I do a pun? No, all right. I don't. I, no, I, I, that's, that's like a that's like a, 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 a homophone pun because I don't know if you mean tries in three or tries and I tried it, so well, I was unsure how to react. Either one would have been. You could have laughed. That would have been. I could have been wrong about to... which one you meant, though. Oh my god! I think um, just. To set the record straight, we're doing a karate movie. Uh, if we haven't gotten to that as maybe eloquently as we wanted to, um, but it's like it's one that I had never seen. It's from I think 1990s, late 80s or really early 90s. And 96. Oh, it's midnight. Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay. it does not look it. It looks like 
four years yeah. behind the times. So just about the time California Dreams was wrapping up its third or fourth season, somebody had another dream, uh, probably <laughs> also in California, because I'm pretty sure that's Jack, we need a deeper cut. Oh, um, gosh, let me see. Pacific uh, Blue! Just about the... <laughs> Do you guys remember when we watched some episodes of Pacific Blue together yes. instead of a movie? Gosh, I do. That show was amazing. That show was weird. That was the heyday of like television in the '90s. They would have these weird action series, like Cops on uh, Bicycles, Lifeguards and Action, you know, Baywatch, Pacific Blue, all that stuff. It was great. Thunder in Paradise, brother. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That was on a different network, but yeah. That was, uh, what do you call it? Syndicated. <laughs> I don't know if that ever made it to syndication. I mean, completely honest. No, I mean, it didn't air on like a, a, a NBC or whatever. It just aired on your local channel, whatever that oh, was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there like a, a crossover episode of Baywatch and WCW about that time? Boy, I don't know. I think I would have remembered that because I watched a lot of Baywatch when I was younger. I could be wrong, though. You mean WCW, the... Um... The wrestling promotion. Damn it, I could not think of something stupid fast enough. Yes, uh... there was. <laughs> really? Yes, Baywatch uh, had a wrestling episode featuring Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Huh. Oh, my God. That's pretty amazing. Um... Oh, my God, the... Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you got your macho man in there too and the nasty boys it looks like god i love oh boy love that happened um that's that's back when you could do that kind of thing like somehow star power made was like a bigger draw than having a good story oh vader's playing basketball uh, okay i'm gonna go ahead and interrupt because this is not our baywatch podcast that's our friday night podcast and this is ours Wednesday night podcast. I had to look at my watch to finish that. It's our Friday night Baywatch podcast, Fry Bay. <laughs> Fry Bay Watch Nights. <laughs> um, where, yeah. Actually, we got sued. We had to stop saying Baywatch Nights. So Fry, I'm not going to watch that, you guys. You guys, I might make us watch that. Yeah. Oh, no, you should. But anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm... we did change the name to Fry Watch Nights. So, which then became basically a podcast about watching fry cooks do their job. And that got weird. So, uh, we kind of ditched that Friday night podcast. So many burns. Yeah, yeah. I get that pun. I just I don't. It's didn't. No, I mean fry cooks burn themselves constantly. Oh, I thought you meant because like we sort of make fun of stuff sometimes. No, they they get hurt, man. Yeah, they do. You're not sensitive. Well, this is not our <laughs> solemnly observing <laughs> occupational hazards podcast. That's our that's our what night is left Sunday night podcast. This is our. Whatever night we're doing this podcast, and this is about movies, and the movie we're doing is Tiger Heart from 1996. Tiger Heart. Yes. It does not have a theme song, but I nominate Dave to... Oh, it's got a theme song. Does it? And it's not one of those handheld games you used to get in the 90s that would go bleep, bloop. Oh, yeah. That's, bloop, that's a Tiger handheld. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one. Would... Everybody knows what they are. Everybody hates them. No one would mistake oh, that for this. The special was, that, that was, uh, if you're poor and you ask for a Game Boy, you're going to get one of those. <laughs> I was, that's how it was during the 90s. Oh, it really was. Because parents just did not. Uh, Will Smith was absolutely right. Parents did not understand. And they didn't get that, like, those games and Game Boy were just not in the same arena. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Nope. Uh, yeah. Well, how's it not the same? Moment of silence for everybody forced to play hockey games with six different pixels that either lit up or didn't lit up. <laughs> At the very least, I did have this one baseball game that was kind of funny. I had the baseball it, game, yeah. Yeah, did it have like the, um, did it, was it shaped like the baseball diamond and it had like yes. the, the announcer, the really yes. bad announcer? <laughs> it's the grounder. <laughs> It's the home run. <laughs> okay. All right. So we uh, we have a podcast about a movie. So we should... Just the one. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Good. <laughs> well, this may be the Don't last get any one, more. that's for sure. Um, <laughs> they always seem like it. Yeah. We're doing a full hour on every minute of the film. Oh, my and God. this is the first full hour. That would be... That would be... I, okay. Um... <laughs> 
I don't want to talk about how that would be. Uh, let's focus on Tiger Heart. Um, it's not a handheld action game. It's not a British pornographic film about old people. It is a movie about karate and young people who love karate and how they use it to fight crime and save people. And I think that's important. Does anybody have an actual description of the movie? Somebody save. Uh, let's steal it from IMDb again. Let's see. Yeah, but do the they, thing. Yeah, do it in your voice, so. Dave. Do it in the thing. Do that thing you did. Okay, in my voice? Yeah. Okay. A teen martial arts expert <laughs> in his martial arts class no. take on a bunch of thugs headed by a devious real estate developer who is forcing a community to sell out their property so he can build a mall. That sounds exactly like my woman voice. That was like I was looking in the voice mirror. Okay, but all right. So wait, because <laughs> I was so busy enjoying that that I didn't actually hear the description. Okay, uh, just... a teen martial arts expert and his martial arts class take on a bunch of thugs headed by a devious real estate developer who is forcing a community to sell out their property so he can build them all. Damn those devious. And, and, and put up as many run-on sentences as he can, uh, the yeah, devious son of a bitch. You can't just string, string together prepositions like that. It's not it's it's frowned upon. It's yeah, gonna... thanks, John Saxtetter. <laughs> your, your helpful summary on IMDb certainly... Got everything in one uh, yeah. in one sentence. <laughs> they were, was the, but they who were, had to suffer for it, huh? <laughs> Our audience. No, okay. <laughs> no, that's it's pretty true. <laughs> yeah. They have that was just a moment of silence for the audience. Most of the injustices in this world come down on the shoulders of our audience, and I don't think we really add to that in any way. So, you know, that's how so. that goes. But anyway. Um, well, I mean, that sounds like a great movie. Like, why? But, you know, at the same time, okay, so it's another karate movie. Like, what was it? I, you know, does this feel special to you guys in any way? It's, it's special to me because of what I just learned. Okay. What did you just learn? Uh, the, I'm pretty sure the, the guy who runs the convenience store, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Johnston, his, his name is Rance Howard. Rance Howard? <laughs> yes. But wait, no, 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 no. He is the son, I mean, not son, he is the father of Ron and Clint Howard. Oh, no way. Wait. Uh-huh. Ron and Clint Howard. Oh. I think he's the first guy you see in the movie. He's, uh, yeah, I think so, maybe. Or it could be the dad. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember. <laughs> wait, are Ron Howard and Clint Howard brothers? Yes. What? That's One of them got the looks, if you can believe that. Well, let's not go crazy. I mean, Ron Howard's <laughs> not like a... You know, if you, he might seem slightly out of place in a, on the runway. I like Clint Howard. Whatever handsome people do. I don't know, Dave, what do handsome people do? <laughs> like, where um, where would we feel out of place as not handsome people? Um, Maybe besides, like, just... Outside? Yeah, all right, that's true. That's fair. Walked right into that one. Um, yep. Okay. Wow. Well, I feel like... the Wait a Okay, yes, I feel like the people who birthed the Howards, I think that's enough reason to watch a movie. I don't know how to say that. Inseminated someone with his half of their DNA, whatever you call it. I'm sure there's like a more romantic term. With, it, with, his, with his rants dressing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, yikes. I said this time I'm looking at a picture of him when he's like 70. <laughs> All right. Um, and he was in Chinatown. Well, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's. Uh, Is he just you know picking up some Chinese food or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he uh, probably needed directions to an historic English castle. That's why he went to Chinatown to ask them about that. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> it took me a second. Did you forget the? Okay, that's fine. Oh, it works. Um. Yeah. Anyway, should we maybe uh, get into the movie? Let's watch the movie. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, join hands and jump into the movie. Okay. Yeah. Normally, oh, like a, like it's a mystical painting. I feel like they. No, like like it's a suicide <laughs> pact. Oh Lord. Okay. Then is everybody ready to go? Yep. Yes. All right. Let's do it on three. One. And two and three. 
instead of you, what year is it? Jolted out of your the dreamlike state that this movie puts you in, I assume. <laughs> you boy, what year is it? I, all I know is that is that Tiger Heart won't give in, and Tiger Heart will always win. And the power, of, uh, something about the power rising from. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Is that some sort of slang for masturbation, like gleaming the cube? I'm pretty sure the end credits are a, like a date rape instruction manual. The song. I mean, not oh, the oh, themselves. oh! That one that was written by Mike Chernovich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was wow. That was Tiger Heart. Boy, that was magical. It, <laughs> it was. It makes me want to watch some of those um, those old kids movies. Like uh, like Problem Child or something like that. No, they didn't come close to this. <laughs> like no, they didn't. But it kind of yeah, it reminded me of them so much. Well, the, well, hold on, because the only similarity would be at some point in all those movies, like a nine year old is pitted against hardened <laughs> gangsters and thugs. Yes, and that yeah, and there, there's the karate element too. This is this goes <laughs> yeah. off in a completely different direction. Oh my god. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of Karate Kid ish. It's, we should say some. We should do like a uh, bird's eye view of the movie first. Um, but I gotta say, yeah. <laughs> what's this? Oh, what's this? It's got a it's got a note in its claws. <laughs> what is it? Uh, what, what is it? What does the note say? What do you think? Oh, it's it says. Uh, well, it's got the movie description. What is it, lad? Uh, it's about two douchebags. Uh, well, two, well, one who actually looks like a teenager and one who looks like he's 29. True. <laughs> sort of a plumper John Cusack. Yeah. Oh, I, I was imagining that wrong. Oh. <laughs> Alright, but yeah, if you had to sum up the movie in like a sentence or two, what, what would it be about? Uh, a, a kid gets a girl and has to defend uh, her uncle's store from an evil developer dude yeah the devil of his karate friends land developer yeah yeah I mean, honestly that works i'm lando developer <laughs> what why it's the southern gentleman lando developer no <laughs> that was what yes, that was yes that is you have that character you must use it yeah oh yeah <laughs> well hello everybody rogue Griffiths. i missed the movie but i wonder if i could uh if you could all could tell me about it, who who are the two main characters in the movie? <sighs> and was any of them like of a darker complexion? Because it just Whoa. Hey. well, I'm saying I'm from the south, and it's the eighteen something or other. I don't know. What oh, the south. oh, wait, that south. Yeah, I'm from I'd the, like to, the south. I like to sort of ruin things. Um, yeah, I was more going for Orlando Calrissian. <laughs> yeah, but I don't can't, can't do Billy D. Williams. What am I supposed to do? Oh. Unless well, Billy Dee Williams was from the southern voice, just without the accent. Oh, so I just this. Oh, hey guys, Dude. I'm Billy Dee Williams. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> you can you can tell by my beautiful hair, which doesn't affect the sound of my voice at all. Uh, one thing I do want to say about the movie is that it is basically the hobgoblins of martial arts movies in that mm-hmm. oh yes right because like the comedy it the it it's trying to be funny but somehow it's still because we don't do comedies and yet this yeah. movie has a lot of it's not a comedy but it has a lot of that in it and it's very much like hobgoblins in that it fails so hard at the comedy and it's so earnest that <laughs> it still works for our kind of what we do it really <laughs> does do that yeah it's there's a lot of um somebody's about to say something moments where like it's a witty repost or something like that and there's a there's like an audible pause in the dialogue Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're waiting for the record scratch sound effect and it never comes (laughs) there is i mean like the it's mainly the side i gotta say it's mainly the sidekick the the bloated john cusack Uh, that uh okay here I'll, here I'll get their names. So there was um who was uh, the TJ Robertson character. Oh boy, I don't know. So oh, Ted Jan Roberts played Eric. He's our uh, Tiger Heart, I guess. Eric. Yeah. He's our Ralph Macchio knockoff. <laughs> I can't think of a a way to 
change that name into something funny. Ralph Melchio? I don't know. <laughs> um, hold on. To describe his character because he's really, really soft-spoken and kind of, I don't know, medicated? Yeah, like Ralph lacks machismo mio. <laughs> he's like specifically <laughs> very... Very, very quiet and very, very calm and eh. Ralph, lack of machismo, EO. Because it's in there. You just put the little ismo in the bed. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ralph, no charisma. Yeah. You know, the it's like he has... Okay. If you picture someone who's um, soft-spoken, uh, sort of faint and small in stature, and yes. when he speaks... He, I don't know, it's bizarre. It's like watching an animatronic uh, creation try to like emulate human speech because he over enunciates words and like mouths every word so carefully and completely <laughs> that like a, I don't even read lips and I could read his lips and it was like I, I don't know, man. It he was a bizarre choice, but I guess I guess he was supposed to be some sort of martial arts natural person because he's very calm and serene. Yeah. I don't know, but he's just... But he gets into a lot of fights. Like, there's no just walking away from a fight for this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is... Um, would you say that the original Karate Kid had um, a kind of ethos where... Look at me. Uh, <laughs> acting like a dick. But <laughs> Would you say the original Karate Kid had a kind of a setting where it wasn't necessarily okay to fight, but it might happen? Yeah, I think... It was more of a necessary evil to, yeah, you know, to Mr. Miyagi, who was the real. But this is this is the um, this is the fictional. Uh, these, this, I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine. I think that Burbank is a fictional place. Yeah, I've never been there. I don't know what it's like, but I'm I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist. No place could because... possibly be that sunny and rich in life. There's no such thing. <laughs> and and according to this movie, there are no police in Burbank. No. <laughs> well, there's some. Crime, maybe. I don't know. There's some, but they're very, very busy most of the time. Yeah. And they, yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of a waiting, bit of a waiting list. Hey, well, you know, we got a call uh, for like an assault, but you know, we, come on. Eh, you know. Yeah. Oh, we're not gonna get there until uh, eight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got a busy day. Yeah, I mean, he like okay, we, like we have to get to the plot God, eventually. Yeah. But we should point out that the kid is an unstoppable force. He beats up three like hundred and ninety pound dudes in a diner because they, and guys in this movie are assholes. Like <laughs> they are. You cannot enjoy a malted milk without somebody coming up to your <laughs> girlfriend and like fondling her in front of you and then making like really gross suggestive remarks. And so naturally, his response is not like, "All right, let's get out of here." It's it's I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you guys up, yeah. but you know, in whatever way he would say it. Like, oh god, I wish I had the quote. He's some. <sighs> no, he did like a thing where he something about there is no place for men to be acting like drunken fools. Like say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, wow, yes. Jack, that is shockingly good. Thank you very much. You just <laughs> now yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You just you brought me right into it. Yeah. I now remember it. That was the that was the fifties diner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh god, that friggin' ugly scene. So let's let's talk about how they get there. Let's okay from the beginning of the movie, we meet Eric, who's a he's a karate black belt, and he at at twelve apparently at twelve apparently yeah. And they <laughs> um so the opening scene is they're they're trying to go to a party and they get sort of shut out of the party by his also karate belt rival. Uh, like a sort of skinny Mark Gosler. Mark Paul Gosler, was that his name? He kind of looks like him. Well, our opening scene was um, Eric's friend. <laughs> Eric, Eric's friend Brad, who is uh, just as physically loud as Eric is soft-spoken. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, it, Brad is begging his dad for the keys. His dad, who is... Yeah. <laughs> An alien in a man suit is all I can figure by his looks. <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, so it's this brand new Mustang, and it's worth mentioning because it does become, like, it, it's really, it's his uh, it's his reason for being in the movie. Like, basically, he's their ride everywhere, and he's the one who provides all the comic relief by either being, A, like a persistent, a dangerously persistent third wheel <laughs> on during romantic scenes, or um, by, like, 
yelling about them driving the car too fast or whatever. Like that's it. That's or story. or being a spastic pervert. Right. That's that's kind of goes in with the <laughs> dangerously persistent third wheel stuff. I think. <laughs> well, he's like a third wheel in some scenes, but there's also the scene of him at the party just. <laughs> oh, dancing with that really hot girl. Or she was walking through the the crowd, and he was trying to like air humping. True. Like yeah. hover hand air humping her or yeah. something weird. Yeah, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get the air humping. And it's so <laughs> awful, and yet it's so earnest, and it's this is normal. Like she's not even reacting to him. Yeah, it's a very so. This is what a mid '90s movie, and I kind of suspect it was filmed a little bit earlier than that. Although those Mustangs, I think they, I think they came out in like '92, so that kind of makes sense. Um, but it was the the movie itself is like uh, not the the female is clearly she doesn't she doesn't fight his love interest. So I'll just say that like Eric, eventually you know they go to some party and then they don't go to a party and it doesn't matter because we bring us it brings us back to like Eric in his daily life. He's working uh, somewhere for the summer and there's a store across the street where this girl works and she's also working there for the summer for her uncle who owns the store and that's when um that's when the movie kind of like gets going because we find out that there's yeah, also when the, stephanie comes in yeah and we find out that there's there's this evil land developer who wants to put up a strip mall i think it's worth pointing out that he his he might be a terrible land developer because, <laughs> because can, I, can i explain his his master plan yeah, here please do he wants to tear down the local uh, strip mall and make a slightly larger strip mall. <laughs> he wants to... Like, seriously, <laughs> I looked this up because I didn't know what a mini mall was. Oh, also... So I looked this up. Yeah, you got to re- remind me, though, just real quick. Remind me. Every time I unveil something, I need Lad to make that noise again. <laughs> so if I say, like, hey, I got a new episode up for us, you can be like, Lad, do it again. Well, you have to do it in an important, yeah. an important voice, and I can, and I can. Oh, oh uh, I don't have the important voice. You got the, you got the pipes for that. Let's see. Oh. But um, wait, maybe I do have an important voice. Hold on, I'm going to think of one. Hang on a second. Is he from Brooklyn? The important guy. <laughs> <laughs> I find that most important guys are. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. All right then. I got like an important voice for you. I can. We can talk about like. So I want to build this mini mall. So you're unveiling your important voice. Yeah. Well, I wanted to show you the plans for this mini mall that I wanted to put in. But I figured like, okay, you know, people are putting in mini malls in like nice places all the time, and you know, you're supposed to do like, you're supposed to be different, right, and do something unique. So I decided to put a mini mall in the middle of like the worst part of town, and that is the only reason. What? So. Yeah, so anyway, here's the plans. Worst part of town. We're going to put it right where these, there were several murders here last week, and this is going to be the episode or the whole thing. So that is the unveiling of my plan to you. Okay. Uh, what uh, particular stores uh, are you considering uh, would uh, take up shop? Oh, well, that's easy. Okay, so I was, you know, like everybody else has this orange Julius place, right? I don't want to put I'm putting in a yellow Julius Okay, which is it's all lemon flavored. It's like an orange Julius, but with lemons, and it's all there's no sugar because everybody's like in this health craze stuff. So it's just lemons in chopped ice. So I think you know that's a one. That's it right there. Uh, also, everybody's got a Sears, so I'm not putting in Sears. I'm putting in service merchandise. The the older people will get that joke, and oh. Uh, and also <laughs> they would wouldn't they? yeah older people i don't know but yeah um i can't think of another <laughs> store oh everybody's got like this rack room shoes right i'm not putting in a rack room shoes i'm putting in back room shoes where you get shoes that have <laughs> wink wink fallen off the back of a truck if you know what i mean um and usually oh, you didn't say bat room shoes no uh the... as in shoes you wear in your bathroom <laughs> Like, I would love to hear what some of those kinds of shoes might be, Dave. Do you have any uh, handy that you could show us? Um, no, I don't have shoes on my hands. <laughs> okay, so that's his master plan. Yeah. He's gonna... I'd like to point out also that I set that whole thing up so Lad could do that noise again, and he didn't do it at any point during that thing. I didn't know when to do it. That's fair. 
That's fair. Uh, just did kind of go off the just, I, I uh, couldn't pick out the extremely important part. Evil land developer. He he wants Eric's girlfriend's uncle's store. So um, he hires a bunch of Hispanic people to bully people into giving him the contracts or deeds Some to leases or whatever. Yeah, he his these are his thugs that he's been letting them terrorize. So, you know, like, the movie seems pretty lighthearted in many ways, but then eventually it'll descend into, like, like when he sets this gang of thugs loose on this neighborhood, his strategy is to, like, terrorize this neighborhood until they're all willing to sell their stuff and then he's going to put in a strip mall. But, um, like, when he says terrorize, he really means that. Like, they blow up cars, they assault children, like, it's really inappropriate they're <laughs> having fights in diners yeah they stomp on cop cars yeah. oh yeah that little remote control cop cars but well, still. yeah they, they stomp that kids practicing thing. for the real thing yeah it, and um i want to say it's also this movie um has these weird obnoxious cutaways Ooh. and weird little um filming things like um they do like first person character talking to a camera shot kind of thing i don't even think i noticed that but yeah i wouldn't be surprised well they're they're so quick and they're just they just kind of break up the actual flow of the movie yeah. every time they do that or um whenever there's uh, eric doing karate shit there's like multiple shots he does like a roundhouse kick and he's like three roundhouse kicks shots one after another yeah and, and and the third one ends up being a f like way too far away from the guy's face even in the shot where they try to disguise it i let's talk not let's not talk about the fight choreography or any of that stuff you just yeah. you have to suspend enough disbelief to believe that like a a child who is 120 pounds soaking wet could beat up like a 200 pound thug using karate kicks you know yeah, that you have to have that. Going. Well, the other two hundred pound thugs just stand back and like wait. There's for a turn. lot of waiting for turns in this in the fight scene. Oh, there is one glorious fight scene in the middle of it, and I think that's um, I think the sensei at the dojo yes. is actually that's um, yeah. Ted Jan Roberts's dad. Well, he's in it. Well, Dave, I was wondering. You're the you're the. Um, location scout for this film i was wondering if uh, you had any comments on the alley and how you chose that sort of back alley where there was that massive fight scene couldn't help but notice that that back alley had a motorboat and a grand piano among other varied <laughs> objects like how how did those objects speak to you do they symbolize something about the movie talk about that objects frequently speak to me <laughs> uh. um the movie is rolling right along here. Uh, so, anyway, um, Eric... Okay, there... Sorry, I, I just described that one fight scene. Okay, yeah, oh yeah, right, we were going to talk about the back alley fight scene. This is yeah. a bit farther ahead in the movie, but yeah, let's just go ahead. Okay, I just... to, to Like, we didn't want to get too much into the choreography. All you need to know is just watch this scene... And watch the um, their attempts. What's really funny about this movie to me, one of the funniest scenes is their attempts to make it so that there's a lot of movement and action when it's like twenty guys versus two, mm -hmm. and but they can't have them all attack at once, or it looks especially fake. So they do like the one on one, and they do their little one yeah. guy gets his stuff in, and the other guy sort of blocks or parry, you know usual stuff but the rest of the guys have nothing to do well watch this nothing. scene they still so, try and make it like there's a big huge brawl going on and everybody's going you know there and honestly in that scene you just here's a fun way to watch these kind of movies just pick an extra and watch them for a while pick someone you're clearly not supposed to be focused on and see what doing. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes they're just like running across the set for no apparent reason like nowhere near any of the attackers but they're just running like from one end to the other yeah uh, in circles other times they're doing the like stand in one place dance like a character you're supposed to pick in a video game before you pick, you know? <laughs> oh yeah they lean back and forth they try and get yeah. in and out of the shot yeah it's bizarre, but I mean, I guess like how else could you like, do it? But it's. <laughs> I also have to point out, like if you're if you're worried about sort of um, 
consistent, like logical consistency with the movie. The the karate instructor who makes a big point out of, you know, discipline and fighting and all that nonsense, even though his entire classroom structure seems to be to have two of his students fight each other for his his entertainment. <laughs> like he's he's involved in that back alley fight and then you never see him again in the rest of the movie. Like, did he not find it kind of alarming that his yeah, he wasn't um, even at the big fight at the end. No, not at all. No, it was just the kids from the karate school. <laughs> and by kids, we mean actual children. Yes, the power like, of children. They brought. Okay, well, let's we'll work up to that part where somebody in the movie thought it was prudent to bring nine-year-olds to a fight with hardened criminals that in previous scenes were literally blowing up cars with Molotov cocktails and beating somebody people. who's never read a, who's never heard of the children's crusade. I'm guessing <laughs> this was, this movie was this director's ode to the children's crusade. <laughs> Whoa. God damn it. He's like, you know, I admire that. How can I express that with a martial arts movie? <laughs> um, yeah. Know. So, Okay, the conflict begins when the thugs try to strong-arm the girlfriend's uncle in their store. Played by Ron Howard's dad. Right, played by Ron Howard's dad. What do you mean Ron Howard's dad? He is also Clint Howard's dad. Okay, so the, anyway, Eric beats him up. All three of them. Uh, the, main, the main thug is like sort of a kind of strange... He wants a... Well, I don't even know that's worth mentioning that he he wants a picket fence or something like that, and the land oh, yeah. front of him for it. So but it's supposed to add like texture to a character. God, the dialogue of this movie is so weird. It's, it's weird. <laughs> so okay, so oh. our there's a whole relationship which is with the evil land developer who wears a lot of white, like just white suits. Yeah. So you know he's evil. Yeah. So there's. Yeah. Him and his uh, his main henchman crony, uh, Paulo. So that's that's actor Robert Lasardo, and looking very youthful here. And uh, and he has weird demands that he makes with his boss, and they bicker over stupid shit. Yeah. And this keeps happening. Like this is an actual relationship. And is this supposed to be goofy? Is this like? I think. Yeah. So. But here's the thing, and I'm going to say something serious about movies for a second. I'm not a film critic, and nothing I say about movies really matters. But in a lot of these sort of like lesser attempts that we watch, that I love, I love this movie. I kind of love this movie. But like, there's no, a lot of like not as good writers seem to want to like. I guess they're trying to add comedy or maybe like texture to a character. And so they'll fill in the character with weird details. Like that this thug wants to buy it. He's, he wants a picket fence, you know, for, so his wife in like a blue house on a picket fence. And like, normally when you do something like that, it's kind of like the rule about the handgun or the gun on the mantle, right? Like it should pay off later. So like maybe his, you know, it should show that he has like a softer side where later he'll relent at some moment, you know, because he understands the other character for just wanting to build a home or a family or something, you know, something like that, but it never matters. So they just put in this needless detail and the movie goes off on this bizarre tangent. That's basically three so minutes times about this. Yeah. With so and many then, characters. And it never matters. It, like, and it and by the way, there is what I, there's, is there is a, a moment where he actually fires a gun into the air and we never see the gun again. Never again. He never yeah. uses it again. It's and we don't see him even taking it out. <laughs> it's like anti Chekhov's gun. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> from one, from it, another from a mirror universe. <laughs> yeah, some some other unfulfilled Chekhov's gun was warped into this movie by accident and, and annihilated our Chekhov's gun. <laughs> that will actually bring us back kind of nicely to the scene in the diner where eric first beats up the thugs because that's how this the main thug puts a stop to it he produces a gun out of nowhere and fires it into the ceiling of the store and um and that's it and that, then the thugs kind of get away and eric stands there and then you know there's going to be a conflict so at some point the thugs return at night when eric's on a date with the daughter and uh, or the niece and um and they uh they beat up the uncle and he has a heart attack in the process. So now he's in the hospital and now the niece is in charge. And for some reason, she's given power of attorney over the affairs of the store. Yeah. Just literally. <laughs> given Apparently she was his, la his last uh, living relative. 
Yeah, but I mean, and he is still alive, so. And he had a heart attack. He's not in a coma, I don't believe. And she's, and she's there for the summer, so who was she with before her uncle is my question. I don't know. It's it's never clear if they're, like, underage or if they're 18 or not, but it it's some... So the land developer returns when she's in the store and basically threatens to kill her uncle if she doesn't sign over the store to him, sell it to him. And so she does. And, uh... I don't even remember, honestly, I don't remember. So, like, after that, the movie's basically just sort of a progression of fight scenes and conflicts with this guy's thugs, and then eventually um, they kidnap the niece, as you would in a movie like yeah. this. So they fight in the store, then there's the alley fight, and then a then, uh, new character who we, we saw at the beginning of the movie, but not throughout the middle of the movie, just sort of comes in, this black kid, and then uh, Eric's rival... And then yeah, it's the like more school. more characters have this needless dialogue. It's, it's there's so much of, color in this movie, and yet not a lot of anything else. Yeah, it's all just it's yeah, but it, it's the final scene is the best. Um, and mind you, this is skipping over so many discussions with the sidekick about his car. Uh, yeah, so many arguments about it. I mean, <laughs> oh man. How do I say it? So, um, they they have to go to this nightclub to get the niece back. So, lad, if you were gonna go, you know, if somebody kidnapped your girlfriend, I mean, what would be the first thing you'd do? Call, call the. Hmm. There's a there's a word. It's only there was a group of people who helps you when a crime has been committed. Well, I've heard of those guys. They, I think I saw people. them. They came in the night when that old man had the heart attack. Yeah. But I didn't. I would. I went to get my camera to take a picture, but they were gone. I didn't get their names. You know, maybe you like have to. Maybe you got to know their names or something like that. Or maybe they they have their headquarters is in like a speakeasy downtown somewhere where you got to have a password. You have to say their name three times into a mirror. <laughs> the, I mean, it's. Let's assume for a second that you Poe, couldn't call the police. Poe. 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 <laughs> It's yeah. us, the belief police. <laughs> if you believe that we exist, we will be there. I think the belief police are the people who make sure that you have suspended your, uh, your, uh, your incredulity that like a twelve-year-old could beat up a hardened forty-year-old criminal for this movie. We also handle that as well. Oh, good. <laughs> because I wanted to let you know that my my nephew he's uh, he's going up against some thugs here, and he's uh, you know I mean he is hopelessly outgunned. I mean he hasn't got a string of muscle on him, and these are all like people with convict. These are convicted felons, and some of them have guns. You know, uh, so maybe you could help me. I'd like to believe that he can do it. All right, I'll uh, just have to have you sign this form here. Okay, go ahead and see. And that uh, uh, here is a. Uh, should I press hard and... because I'm making copies? Or... Uh, yes. Okay. We oh, are you know what? going I got to need this... three of those. Damn, I got this felt tip pen. I got to get another pen. Hang on a second. I'll sign them. Lad, you got a ballpoint? I need a ballpoint for this. It's a carbon copy thing. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. All I have is a pencil. Oh, jeez. All right, hang on. I'll be back, you guys. I'll be right back. You talk while I'm gone. I oh. hate that guy, don't you? <laughs> I don't even know what that character is anymore. <laughs> so, yes. Progression up until... Hey, I'm back with a pen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I may. I can sign your form now. Oh, okay. Sure. I'm not a character. I'm just a guy who wants to watch this, <laughs> to, to see his nephew succeed. It, it so, where were we? We were in the nightclub, okay. and they everybody basically... Everybody shows up in one way or another to have like a heroic moment. Yeah, but who's them. everybody? I think that's the important part of this. Okay, so let's see the. Anyway, but Brad comes back and he's got a baseball bat. And he has his thing where he. Oh yeah. He's he confronts him, and then he's also brought the kids from the dojo, and there's like little children there. Yes. Like six-year-olds, uh, varying ages, but they outnumber the bad guys. Not in mass, but in individuals. 
Like the body, if you added up the body mass of the thugs, it's like five times the amount in the good yeah. 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 I'm going to go ahead and relate something personal here. I actually, I took karate when I was younger and I loved it. I loved being in karate. It was my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And I really honestly thought I could defend myself against bigger people. And one time, uh, one of the older kids in the neighborhood, I, maybe I was like eight or 10 and this kid was 13. He was, you know, a nice enough kid, and I told him I was in karate, and he said, oh, that doesn't, you know, just, like, express some doubt. And I said, I said, no, it works, and he, he offered to, like, let me try to defend myself against him, and it did not work. The karate did mm. not work. There's a, there's a reason you don't match up, like, as... Like a yeah. yeah, anyway, but that's, I mean, I didn't, he didn't, like, beat me up or anything, but it was, like, just utterly ineffective in any way, so... Yeah, this movie really kind of so it's like a journey home for me, you guys. You know, <laughs> this would have been amazing to see if you were in your youth. Right, it would have been even more misleading to me. <laughs> in my, <laughs> my you, you couldn't stop humming that song. Oh my god, yeah. It would be it would become your like your whole thing. It really, you'd be a huge Tiger Heart fan. Yeah. <laughs> right up until the moment when my karate failed me in every conceivable way. <laughs> the first sign of a conflict. Smash your karate, your tiger heart tape. And, <laughs> and your tears. No, because that's got my Glass Tiger album on the other side. It's got Tiger Heart on one side and it's Glass Tiger on the other side. I just wouldn't play the Tiger Heart side anymore. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, you'd black out the name. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of. But he, I don't know. Yeah, I at this point, like the movie is kind of done, because um, obviously the good guys win. Not a single child is injured in any way. Um, uh, yeah, it's a it's pretty much a shutout for the children. Yeah, bad guys were very cooperative. <laughs> um, can we just talk about the redneck fight scene? Oh, which one is that one? That is. Let me set it up for you, and then I want to hear. Uh, Lad's reaction and your reaction. Um, let's say you have a martial arts character in a movie, and you got to establish that he can defend himself. And you go ahead and you do that in several initial fight scenes in the movie, but you want to do it one more time for absolutely no reason. So you have him and his friend driving through the Hollywood Hills, a fairly nice neighborhood if you've ever been there. It's a lot of multi-million-dollar homes on the hillsides, and you need to have some bad guys. They've got to come across some bad guys now. It's Southern California, I don't know, Burbank, Orange County, L.A. County, whatever it is. What comes Probably to Burbank. mind, like, what's the type of person that comes to mind when that you think, like, a person could encounter in the hills of sunny California that would, you know, be like a good bad guy? What kind of, any ideas? For, um, well, well look at here! <laughs> what, there's a redneck in the studio, or in <laughs> whichever one. Uh, oh, oh, there is? Yeah, well, no, that's you, can do it. <laughs> I don't know, I've become a redneck. Yeah, you moved to uh, northern Florida and you became a redneck. But before we hear from you, lad, what were you going to say? What was your guess? I would pick the only three hicks in Hollywood. Right. And then by hicks, you mean just regular guys from California, right? With, yeah. with some southern attitudes about them. Yes. And one of them is Dave Grohl in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they have any southern accents or anything like that? It was like they took half of a southern accent class. It's not like, oh, brah, we are rednecks, and we are definitely not cool with you like being hair driving around. So, on guard. <laughs> also, Budweiser. Yeah, oh, totally. We love Actually, I kind of prefer Landshark or like Corona, but I can drink a Budweiser. I mean, I, if you want me to do it for the movie, I understand this is like. I'm going out of character here. Check that's disturbingly good. Thank you very much. Comes <laughs> from the surfing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and like, as a redneck, naturally, I am inclined to make fun of people who drive Mustangs, right? That's that's a city person's car, isn't it? <laughs> Those darn city slickers. <laughs> you guys are doing better rednecks than the people in the movie do rednecks. <laughs> it's hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, the whole thing is they stop to ask these three guys. These three guys are just sitting like there's there's pullovers on those kind of roads in California. There's three guys just sitting on their cars, just hanging out. And they stopped asking for directions, and the rednecks turn into jerks. And instead of just, I think they try to drive off or something, but it turns out to be a fight scene again. But it's the most. Well, it turns into a chase scene, I think, and then there's a crash. Oh yeah, like it's serious. There's real serious felonies happening in this movie. <laughs> yes. Like a, you know, reckless endangerment and vehicular. Well, they seem to play it off as a sort of, oh, right, I got him to crash. <laughs> like, it's like this is Eric driving, and there's like, they make a, a thing about, oh, Eric doesn't know how to drive, yeah. or or Brad doesn't want Eric to drive because he doesn't think he knows how to drive. Right, blah, he's blah, driving blah. the car too hard again. And it's, one, yeah. it's like one of those, the crash in the scene is kind of played off as like, you know how like in the old timey, the 70s movies where there was the... Oh, I remember that album from Jake Jakely, uh, Driving the Cardigan Too Hard Again. <laughs> that was, Jake Jakely was inspired by the 1974 seminal album, Perks Autobahn. And he also wanted to release an album that would, you know, kind of replicate the feeling of driving in a car on a long trip. So, Driving the Cardigan Too Hard Again was... <laughs> I mean, really, it was overshadowed by Autobahn. It's a shame because it's a great album. You know, you just never hear about it. It's just so stupid. I'm sorry. It didn't help that Jake Jakely was actually driving a sweater with wheels on it on the cover. It's just no one took it seriously. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, uh, no, a... I just, I just, I hated that name as soon as I said it. <laughs> well, I brought it home for you, Dave. Yeah. I hung it on your mantle. So. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um... What I, the, the thing I was going to say is like you know in the old the like um, like the Duke's a hazard episode. I was going to say that crashes tree like tree like uh, when Boss Hog crashes and the Dukes get away. Yeah, and he like walks away from a th- triple rollover and like takes his hat off and slams it on the ground and is kind of like, dang it, you know. And that's that's it. But really, people would be dead. And this is in a movie where there's an attempted murder of an old man and multiple counts of arson. Yes. Like so much violence and destruction, <laughs> I gotta say, I, I, you know, I know we didn't talk a lot about the plot. You don't have to. This, this is just a series of fight scenes strung together loosely by a standard, like, standard plot. But um, my reaction... and the really weird home decoration scene. Oh right! Oh god! Yeah, the comic relief in this movie is what makes it. So, so I, well, I don't want to single that out, but. Um, yeah, and again, what was the point of that? Like, what was the point of giving him a family that had a Hispanic maid that was like hyperactive, like cocaine hyperactive? Oh yeah, and then, like, like 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 Charo, or making his mother sort of a shallow, distracted, rich housewife who's only cares about paying an expensive, <laughs> you know, designer to decorate her home. Like, what was the point of all that? Because it never mattered. In- and what was the point of making his dad this? rich uh southern american gentleman with this deep deep tan dave did you want to speak to a rich southern american gentleman because i (laughs) I was i was the one earlier who was asking about persons of a darker complexion i don't know how to follow that up actually but um, it never mattered in the movie and it's these insane attempts at like detail and making the characters richer that really just drive this movie off the road. I was going to say the dad did matter because at the end he was the one who ended up saving the day. How did he do that? By being rich. Oh, well, shit. (laughs) Yeah, the main character's from a very affluent family as if you couldn't, you know, hate him enough. He's going to do something with the the legal systems or the buying up the deeds or the leases or whatever. He's also a land developer and I think they revealed at the end that the bad guy used to work for him and then the main character Steph found out he was like screwing him over business wise somehow. Yeah, and he because yeah. he think he fixed the the issue where the bad guys had strong armed the girl into selling the the sh- shop already. She signed over the deed, so I think he fixed that somehow with money. So there you go. Yes, it's a story of and, white privilege. And then a policeman comes in. Uh, as they're having this standoff, a policeman comes in and he's got Paulo in handcuffs, 
and Paulo rats on um, the main bad guy. Oh, right, the thug. Yeah, Paulo is the main thug, and as and yeah, he just he points out the the land developer as as they're walking towards the car, and says that's the guy who hired me. So, yeah. so everything gets tied up pretty neatly in a bow. Um, yeah, I don't think Sidekick gets a girlfriend. That's the only thing that would made this more complete. That's the part I liked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Lad, if uh, if you were dusting your television, precariously balanced at the edge of a bureau or something, and you accidentally knocked it on top of yourself and became pinned under the TV and you could see the screen, would you leave your eyes open if this was the movie that was playing until help came? I I wouldn't need for that to happen. I would watch this if I saw it on TV. Just, like, sit down and watch it, because it, like, it, it entrances you with how fucking weird it is. <laughs> it is, man, that is the... That is probably the most positive endorsement I've ever heard Lad give. I, amen, brother. <laughs> Seriously, when I first saw this movie, my initial reaction was giddiness. Like it was, it was disbelief and giddiness at the same time. Like how could this exist? And how has I been seeing this before? That's <laughs> how could this exist? Yeah, that was yes. my honest impression. I love this movie so much. Everybody should watch it, with or without our commentary. Dave, what about you? Um, (laughs) how could this exist? (laughs) Well, the two associate producers on the film are the main character, T.J. Roberts, and his dad. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And, yeah, I guess they might have, somebody might have just paid for his son's Uh, something or other. It was, it was Peppin and Murhai, and they will distribute fucking anything (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the golden age of like really small business movies yeah just small potatoes (laughs) what a great movie though i'd love this not quite not quite like indie film or whatever that is yeah no this i mean this had a solid budget we should we should i want to mention that the writer of this movie uh William Mapkate Jr. also wrote the Anna Nicole Smith classic Skyscraper. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. That, oh. Yeah, we had fun with that one. Oh, so for the audience, we geez. also watch movies just for fun. We don't always record all the movies we watch. And we did Skyscraper, and boy, that was a blast. Skyscraper mm-hmm. did have a certain quality to it that's very, very similar <laughs> to this. <laughs> um yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than this is a great movie. Watch it. If you want to listen to us watch the movie, go to our audio commentary tracks page. Uh, that's realgriffers.wordpress.com and then audio commentary tracks. Um, I loved it. I think uh, it, it appeals to the kid in me that used to love martial arts. and it's, I'm just... <laughs> I think this could be like your get your get your friends in on this too. Absolutely. Kind of what. Yeah. <laughs> not, not even just with not like not just with the uh, the commentary do what <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it but you could you could really have you could really have your own commentary yeah. pretty much this is I mean this is more a fantasy movie than than an action movie and if you look at it through that lens this movie makes so much sense <laughs> like this is this is a 12 year old karate student's daydream about what his life is going to be like when he's old enough to drive and he can go to pool parties at California mansions and the girl he loves is threatened by a gang of thugs. Like, I, yeah, that's it. Something, a, a, um, role play he's had in alone in his room many, many nights. Yes. Then I'm going to do this. Yep. Okay. Carrying something heavy. That's what I'll do. I mean, honestly, that's why it's so much fun because it's, it's a, just for that reason alone it's just like a it's exactly and what you would have hoped the world would be like when you when you were younger and didn't understand the world yet and the needless but intriguing texture like for example i want to highlight the character of manny <laughs> okay now who's manny tell, tell us about manny is this thug who manny is the best he he looks so handsome he's like this he's like this lantern jawed a uh, guy wearing a T-shirt, very, very trim, very thin. <laughs> oh, this is the guy. And that... he's one of the thugs, but he's kind of like the he's kind of like the nice thug, and he qu- 
quits the thugs game. Yeah, he's he's the okay. If you had the list, the cast list, it would say thug one, thug two, thug three, thug four, so on through like thug thirty eight, and then thug with misgivings would be Manny. Like that's his credit. He looks different because he's got like this really white shirt, and he just kind of stays in the background for a while until he um, until they kidnap the girl, and then he's very protective of her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Manny's got standards, you guys. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he can't go along with all this violence or whatever. And then he I mean, uh, glasses a guy at the end. Yeah, he can go along with it, just not after a certain point. Because he yeah. presides over some considerable violence in the movie. But Yeah, and he expresses his love of those kids or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a bunch of scenes of like zooming close-ups of the of the people involved in the fight smiling little vignette <laughs> yeah. things it's, it, it does that in so many different ways this needless texture yeah. I think that's really well put needless but intriguing texture like Stop it. <laughs> I, I sort of imagine that there's an actual movie going on, but it's in the background, and this is actually a side story that was not <laughs> was not intended to be um, in... It was, like, cut out of the other There's movie. a richly detailed dramatic indictment of Southern California development practices going on somewhere. Like, that's the <laughs> real film, and, uh, you know... The heat of the summer of 96. <laughs> um... I gotta say that uh, what an incredibly fun movie! I loved it. I think we should wrap it up, though. Uh, Lad, do you have anything to add at the outset here? I know we've been kind of talking over you a lot tonight. Mm. I mean, at the end, though, not at the outset, but the conclusion. Here, sorry. <laughs> um, I hate Brad. That's that's all I can think of. <laughs> Brad is a uh, divisive figure in this. Sidekick Brad, yeah. You have to really consider whether or not you want to show this one to your friends. (laughs) Yeah, if if they ever do a sequel, I want it to be about Manny. Okay, I'm into it. All right. Um, Let me say, uh, just for the listeners and some of our friends at the Podratic Equation, which is the podcast network that we belong to, I wanted to say thanks for everybody who checks in with us and... Um, if you like our podcast, go check out some of our fellow podcasts. That's cool. That's trash. The Dad Podcast and Wax on Wax Lyrical. And yeah, I don't know. Um, other than that, I'll just go ahead and say good night. Brad and Dave, say good night. Good night, and um, don't give in and always win. That's <laughs> how to be a Tiger Heart, kids. <laughs> well put. <laughs> Don't be a tiger spleen. Be a tiger heart. (laughs) Don't be a tiger fart. Um, (laughs) Amen. All right. Good night, everybody.